Buenas, buenas, mi gente. You are now listening to Loose Accents, an immigrant podcast for the press and bothered. Loose Accents covers the issues, stories, and topics that make you, your best friend, and your ex cry and reflect. We are here to celebrate the looseness of our tongues and our identities and our feelings. Our ultimate goal is an unapologetic, fearless, and intentionally vulnerable life during this journey of personal and physical liberation amen lord amen oprah coming through and we are coming to you once again from south la this time to reminisce recap and calm through come all the way through with the reflections of an amazing one year of our friendship so just grab on to that ermanex mm. that friend that came at the right time right here La amiga, el amigo, el amigex. That's me. Who you turn to in times of hurt and pettiness. This show is for y'all, man. Just, ugh. Mm. I am Andaki Bay. I am Danjeli. And happy birthday to us. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just keep it to... It's our one-year anniversary! Wait, Ernesto. So, if you've been my friend for a year... Yeah. Um, baby, have you learned how to say your yet? Your... You know, I don't understand what it is about West Coasters that, like, you high-pitch the your. You gotta keep it low. Your... Yeah. Okay, there you go. Okay, what's okay. up? I've got it. Okay, there you go. You ready for the Bronx? <laughs> but is the Bronx is the Bronx ready for me? I don't know, baby. No. They might not be. No, they they're like get out of here. <laughs> so yes. Before we jump in, right into friendship and reflection oh, and the thoughtery, the poetry, should we tell the babies once again how we met, how we got here? You know what? What was happening that night for you of August 17th, 2018? It was the year August 17th, 2018 of our Lord Christ and Savior. Right, <laughs> right, right. When I met you, listen, like, honestly, that day was so dope because it was it was a summer night. I remember I had my cute little shorts, a really nice shirt, a hat. And I was like, yo, I'm out here to stunt. I am ready to stunt on these hoes and then like I'm, I'm at this event and then i see you and i was like yo i who 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 this woman who is this woman right here i have a question when you first saw me where did you think i was from i thought you were from la like i thought you were from la from like one of those like artistic circles that i hadn't yet like seen you know like mm. maybe somewhere from like i knew you were some kind of a poet like it just, yeah it made sense your hair told it because I, I had my hair like very very big and it was before i dyed it it was still black and it was really big mm -hmm. so mind you um ernesto was like right next to me the whole time during mm -hmm. the event <clears throat> and i'm here checking his ass out i was low-key thirsty you know because i'm like not right. thirsty as in like i'm gonna approach him after but more like i you know i want to see what's up mm-hmm and there was nothing to be what's up besides just me telling you that you had a fire outfit. I was like, ooh, girl, that's cute. Girl. girl <laughs> and that was why? it. Why? I know. I know, baby. 
so yeah so then he comes up to me he's like oh you know what you know those colors that dress uh -huh. i'm like oh okay hey <laughs> uh -huh. but you were so nice right away you gave me such like a good vibe like yeah good energy um and it was like something in me because I, I was supposed to go to Cumbiaton with another homegirl. Yeah. And she, like, texted me saying, oh, like, I can't make it. Like, my friend got too drunk, so, like, I can't go pick you up. Mind you, this was a girl that I had met on Instagram. I had never, like, hung out with her before. Right. Um, So, suddenly, you're also going to Cumbiaton. I think I, I like, overheard you saying right, that you were going right. to the same party. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I got nothing to lose. But I felt safe with you. Right. That was one of the first... Um, that was the first, like the main reason why I was able to go. Cause you know, I don't trust men or whatever. So I felt safe instantly, right. like in your presence, like this is someone who's good natured and, 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 you know, well, that's the way that you remember it. The way that I remember it was like, this homegirl is lost and she needs, <laughs> I'm done. Really? <laughs> well, cause like I could, I could see right away that you were so excited to be, to be there and that you just wanted to be like, yo, what's up? Like you were interested in and in actually creating like friendships or meeting people. So I was like, yo, like there's gonna be this dope event. But before, re here I was trying to show you the world. I will show you the world. Ooh. Anyway. Oh, that's right, because we went to that bar. Right. 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 So I wanted to show you like uh, another piece of LA. Right. So we went to this really amazing bar like at this rooftop, rooftop rooftop with a pool right right i had to give you a little queerness you know and then that's where it all happened so from there i was like okay i can just drive y'all to to cumbiaton and i did and that's then that's right. when you met the crew and then even when the okay so i remember coming into cumbiaton um and you introducing me to David. Yes. And my I man. remember you giving David a kiss. Yes. And then saying, Look, babe, like, this is Angeli. I just met her at the last event, whatever. And I loved David. From the start. From the start. From the jump. From the start, I like I thought he was so cute, mm -hmm. so like fashionable, mm -hmm. so like just nice and like outgoing and and shady, but like in a very <laughs> playful just yeah i really love david yeah and i knew that i wanted to be your friends like right yeah. away i'm like i want to you know i want to be friends with them well, and then like and then it was david and then it was my best friend agustin yeah. and then it was seb bro, and then it was bro. like bloop one gay two the gays girlies. three gays four yeah all the girls and then suddenly up. i was like out here when 10 gay men around me yep that's the way it happens and then the also, rest is history. i really appreciated the fact that they were messy that night <laughs> <laughs> there was one drunk yes. there was one lit there was one you know and one in the fifth dimension yeah like, you know mm -hmm. i i'm pretty sure i saw um your bff right away like um right away like just lose it like he didn't really remember like what was next mm -hmm. and that's when i knew that was my crew yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think uh, here, here's what I have to say about that. That that night was the beginning of an incredible friendship, a soon-to-be partnership, yep. creative partnership, um, and also the beginning of an, a, an amazing season for what was to be the end of uh, – what is it winter mm -hmm. and then the beginning of a spring and then this summer baby 
was awesome. Girl. Yeah. Yeah. So let's do this, right? What are what's the highlight for you in this past year? <sighs> of, of our friendship anyway. Of our friendship. I actually have a lot of highlights, but I think one of the things that is consistent and it, it's a highlight because mm-hmm. it's a very consistent highlight of our friendship is just the fact that that I that I had someone that I have someone that I can just chat with for hours and Aww. and you don't tire like you you're there you're present you're available uh and it's of all kinds of subjects like it's not just like pettiness it's not just the podcast but it's just about spirituality about love yeah. about family about identity about queerness like you're a very curious person so the idea that I could just you know chat with you um has been has been dope uh so that is sort of a big highlight for me just being able to to just hang out with you and and interestingly enough um just like show you around like it, it it's kind of nice for me to be like, oh I want to show you this or like I want to oh, like introduce you to this yeah Yeah. like all of those cool like experiences because it reminds me in a weird way like how i experienced things the first time as a queer man right Mm. so imagine myself the first time showing up to blow as a queer man showing up and being like yo this is this feels good this feels amazing Mm -hmm. um so it kind of reminds me of that awesome you know actually that was you took one of my highlights um, because what I was going to mention was the first time we actually sat down to talk. Okay. Because, you know, we, we went to the event and then we were like dancing and partying. So there wasn't a lot of time to, to chat. Um, and then we went to, um, people, um, well, people, pa- uh, power, uh, fest. power fest, power fest. Yeah. And we volunteered, but we were running around, you were emceeing. So we didn't have a time to like sit down. Baby, I was the MC. <laughs> <laughs> so then when we sat down it was at that coffee shop in downtown la Uh and we just spoke for like over four hours yeah just like sitting down breaking down life and spirituality and who we are um and i really appreciate that when i meet someone for the first time if i like the conversation can flow and just we go from one thing to the other and i felt like i i saw like a soul connection that Mm -hmm. so that's like one of the highlights one of my highlights for our friendship um that day because it was the first time that i'm like okay like I found my tribe. Right. This is it. Um, another really cool, like, first. I've had many, many, like, amazing connections mm-hmm. with you. But one of the moments that really stands out for me, I have so many. But one of them that really stand out was seeing you perform live for the first time. And so that what actually. the live show, right? The Cafe Con Chisme? That was the first time? No. Um, no. Mine was. Well, maybe, but the one that I'm thinking about was when we were both um, speakers at the APLA Health uh, Gala in December. Oh, okay. Yes. Right. Yes. So I remember that, like, as a moment because I was I was also going through like, yo, it's, I'm kind of nervous, like I'm about to speak at this gala, and then I knew that you had also. Did I take one of yours yes, too? That's, <laughs> I can't stand you. Right, baby soul, soul, soul friends. So when I saw you. Um, so the moment that I, that took really my breath away was seeing you perform um, and you had performed uh, an original poem that you had just written. Yeah. For that, that day. That day for for all of us. Yeah. And then you spoke about me and David and Agustin and Sebastian and Eric. And, and it was just so like 
damn and kai and and Mm -hmm. other eric it's just like uh like when i saw that i'm like this is this mujer in her truth at her fullest power being ultimately herself yeah girl you know that the reason why that day is my highlight well that that performance is because i thought i wasn't going to be able to finish that poem because the thing is, I did mm. research, remember? I was watching a documentary on, oh, that's right. on HIV AIDS. And I was like, you know, I really wanted this poem to be to be representative of 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 queer men, right? And, 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 and to be able to, like, describe the love that I have for so many queer men that entered my life in the past year. But I was also going through turmoil. Mm-hmm. So for y'all that didn't know, like, I was going through a whole, like, emotional, like, breakdown that day. And I was crying my ass off. And then Nesta called me in the morning. And I'm like, oh, Nesta, I can't do it. I can't, I can't go tonight. I can't go tonight. How am I going to do this? Right? So I'm like crying my ass off. And Nesta's like, baby, uh-huh. you're going to sit down, mm-hmm. finish that poem. And you're going to come get a get a, a cute little outfit. Mm-hmm. The one that I had already bought it. So it was like, you're going to put on your cute little outfit and you're going to come to this gala and you're going to serve truth. Yes. Even if you're in your feelings, even if you cry, you're going to show up and one day you're going to look back at the day and laugh. Ah. Uh. Because not only like not only was I like going through it, but then like my car got a flat. Oh, My yeah. mirrors got stolen. So I was like going, like that was like, Oh, tough week, girl. And I chose to believe you. You know what mm. I mean? Like someone can tell you many things, right? But it is up to you whether you choose to believe them when they're telling you that things are going to be okay. Mm. And that day I felt comfortable enough to trust you and believe you when you told me that I could show up, that I could do it, and that ultimately things would be okay. Mm. And when I finished performing, I remember people stood up in the room to clap. Yeah. It was a standing ovation. Like, And when I left that night, when I mean, when the night was finished and I came home, I thought about how the room must have felt mm-hmm. that I needed that and that I was healing through community. Uh, wow, and I never thought about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, I def- that's like, that was my reflection from that day and I have it written. I'm like, somehow that that room felt my emotion and they felt kind of like my vulnerability and they were able to hold me right but to take it even further i'm like but ernesto got me there and i never forget that like i'm i'm getting teary (laughs) y'all so i never forget that like when i go back to thinking about la and the hardship that i faced i think about that day and how it was you that got me through it Mm. it was um it, it was my pleasure. It was like I felt like at that point it was what I needed to do. What I that was my place. My place was to receive you at that moment as you were, and and to say that something else is also possible. That a breakdown could happen mm-hmm. in the middle of the day when you have a big performance, and that you can take the breakdown and say, "I see you." I see that you are hurt. It is coming up and you are believing that it is impossible. And yet I choose to put you aside for a few hours. I'll come back to you. And and you did. Um, 
that notion of being able to pause and tell your emotions that you can come back to them, revisit them, you know, press play again is something that took a while to <laughs> to sort of learn, yeah. right? Because when you yeah. feel like you're in a breakdown, you feel like it's, it's, it's happening. It's now or never. It's like. now or never, yeah. And emotions are, I think about emotions and feelings like, like young kids. You can always teach them how to behave better yes. or how to be better with you and be more compassionate with you that they don't need to take all of your attention all the time. So something that I also learned from that day is like how – Something that I reflect on is how can I do this for someone else? Ah, uh, yeah. I, I think about that a lot. Like what what Ernesto did for me that day, when friends approach me and they're in in a you know in a, in a state of of you know emotional breakdown or turmoil or or sadness, you know how can I hold them the way that you held me that night hmm. or that day, you know? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Yo, we went in real quick. Yeah. You know what's funny? Uh, so a couple of other things. Can you tell me when was one of the most fun moments that you had, either with me or with us in our friendship? Like just pure fun. Uh, that, that one's easy. <laughs> the cabin. The cabin. For your birthday. Yeah. When we were a mess for three days straight. And who, who, who would tell us otherwise? Like we were. Just, okay, so. Yeah. Go ahead. What, what, yeah. So basically, we for Ernesto's birthday, we went up to a cabin up in the mountains. In February, and yeah, with like the baddies, which is like all the folks we met. Right. Well, I met back in in August, the day we that we met, um, and we just spent three days three. laughing our asses off. Yeah. <laughs> we did. We literally had no TV. Nope. No, it was just us talking, Eating. playing games. What else? Eating, relaxing. We did a whole ass drag show. Photo shoot. Photo shoots. Yup. We had looks. Looks. Oh, my God. And then we laughed and laughed and ate so much <sighs> hot Cheetos that everyone was sick the next day. Yeah. There was... Dangeli ate so oh many chips ahoy. Oh, my God. That at one point, I just looked at her and I said, Mama, did you just eat the whole bag? I like, did. what is happening? I did. And then I was like, does anyone have milk? And you went to look for the milk. <laughs> like, why? Yo, I sat down and I ate like a jumbo-sized bag, like a uh, like pack of chips ahoy. Uh-huh. It was, yeah, no, and, and, oh, my and, God. And I did get you the milk because I'm like, this mujer needs it for her digestion. <laughs> But that's definitely 110% like peak joy. Yeah. I, I don't like saying peak because that means we're going like, to come down. But like it was just like that was one of the moments that I remember forever. Yeah. Like, fun. Genuinely fun. We were kids. Yeah. Like, it was like we were going camping and we were in the fifth grade. Yep. Yeah, except just excited with high heels and wigs and yes. short Pull on shows. Full on. I, there's one image that I remember oh that God. I was changing the logs, the fire logs, but I was in like full drag and heels and fishnets. Oh my God. <laughs> and fishnet stockings. And I was like trying to change the logs and I had to cut the logs in half. And look, oh I was God. out here. Oh my God. I remember that. You know what I'm saying? Yes. With your beard and the wig. <sighs> Happy birthday to me. <laughs> That was beautiful, though. Yeah. And they, some folks put on a show, baby. Yo. Agustin and Kai. 
And then Eric looking like Ariana Grande. Yes. And then Eric. I forgot about that. And then how Eric like sat down on the stool and he like recreated the Ariana Grande pose on the stool. Epic. Oh, my God. Oh, Oh my God. God. Yeah, it was that that was it. Yeah. That was, yeah. You know, I, I honestly wish that kind of joy and love all of our listeners. Yeah. Like definitely. That, like, like genuine just, yeah. just laughing, feeling like at ease with everyone around you, feeling safe and just not care also not like tapping in with the rest of the world. Like we disconnected that right. weekend. Completely disconnected. Right. And uh, that was so refreshing. In the rest of the conversation today, there's going to be a lot more of these recaps, but I I want to bring our attention uh homegirl to just a couple of weeks ago, maybe about a month ago, we did a keynote speech at UCLA where we spoke to uh, a beautiful group of, of folks who were doing a program at the Indocusite program. Mm-hmm. And that was actually our first time doing our yes. keynote together. And one of the, the concepts of our keynote is a leap of faith. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, I want to take you there because for... Our listeners, for folks whose first time it is listening, um, both of us have had some amazing leaps of faith that we have taken. But most currently, you had a a huge leap of faith um, in coming to L.A. exactly a year ago. So, baby. Baby. So, I I guess for for those that don't know part of my story, I just picked up and left. So, last year... um, in the spring, I had already applied for law school. I was ready and set to go. I got accepted. I got a huge scholarship. And something in my gut, like just like in my heart, told me I, I couldn't I couldn't go to law school. And from one second to the other, I decided to quit, like to quit my path to law school um, and, and pursue poetry and pursue writing. I didn't know where it was going to take me. And I decided to come, you know, and then July, I brought half of my stuff. I had never visited LA, but I knew that there was a community of artists here yeah. waiting, right? A community of artists who were creating dope work. I had seen you all the way from, from New York. <laughs> um, and it just, it was time to go. And, you know, as a only child of an, of an immigrant mother, right? As an only child mm. in an immigrant household, um, and as an immigrant myself, it, it's, it's hard picking up where you have already made home in another country, you know, um, or uh, uprooting what I built as home. Right. But I did it. And it was because I wanted to pursue a part of me that I knew in, in New York wouldn't grow. And that was the part of me that I wanted to see expand, um, push to, to, you know, to create friendships, to, to meet other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it came with a lot of hard lessons. I mean, I landed, I was here on my own, no family, um, and really no, no close friends here in LA. Yeah, baby. You landed in South in South Central LA, which is baby the best place. To I found land. my roommates on Facebook, like, and we met once the next thing we know we're signing a lease. Like it was, it was a lot, you know. That's when I that's when I realized that like, yo, we need to stay close together for many reasons. But one, when I asked you where you moved to, you were like, yo, I, you know, I moved to South Central, like, <laughs> close, you know, out here in Eleventh and Florence. And I was like, oh, baby, I, I work right around the corner yep. from there. Like, we need to link up more often. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think you know, it was it was particularly hard for me because I ended up going through a, a breakup. Around the same time that I, you know, just 
like the first three months of, of my of my landing here and it was one of the hardest lessons because like i really felt alone then so it was up to me right to do it afraid hashtag and i, and I got that from miss risos like a a Dominican um, activist for hair. She said, do it afraid as in, yes, be afraid and then do it anyway. But do it, yeah. Right? So I did it afraid. I created friendships. And one lesson that I learned is like the, the world is open to possibilities. If you are daring and courageous enough to open yourself up to whatever the world is going to bring you, it will come. The people will come. You will attract Mm-hmm. You know, what is meant to be in your life and what was meant to be in my life was you, baby. And it was loose accents and it was David and it, and it was all the other things that came my way. Honestly, like that is exactly what the definition of a leap of faith is. I, I, I've been a part of a uh, of a storytelling circle. And one of the things that our teacher taught us was when you take this leap of faith and you're about to jump. Mm-hmm. Right. The the act of jumping requires a lot of of, of preparation. Right. Because if you think about like a jump and you're you're you're, you're in, about to do it on one side, you have to really prepare yourself for for taking the leap. But once you're in the air, you are at the mercy of, of gravity, of wind, of opportunity, of possibility, of fear. But it's when you land. Mm-hmm. It's that moment that you land that you know that, A, you are safe, that you will find something on yep. the other side that is yet not known. But once you have made it and landed, it is up to you to to identify what's, what's on that side. I also came to LA understanding that I was not going to be hard on myself if I went back. I opened myself to a oh, possibility right. too, where like I I refused to see my going back to New York as a failure. Right. What I came, I, I said, I I came here to see what LA would offer me, and I am open to everything, whether that means shows, whether that means connecting with different people, whether that means calling people out on their bullshit. Mm. I am ready, and I am intentionally putting myself out there to do that, and that leap of faith had a lot to do with my growth and wanting to push myself to growth. In Mm -hmm. New York, I was comfortable. I had my community. I had my mom. I had my parents, right? So I, especially when it comes to other women, like immigrant daughters, I want to really emphasize that, like, a leap of faith is always worth it. Because if you crash, let's say, right, if if it doesn't go the way you expected it, um, you learned. Right. I kind of, I I talked about this, too, in our our talk at UCLA, that, that for me, my leap of faith was entering into into college, mm. right? This undocumented um, kid who was coming out of high school in 2005, uh, really trying to um, trying to make it. And I remember my mom would ask questions like, "Well, how are you even going to get to school? How are you going to pay for it? Like, it's too far. You don't even know where UCLA is." And I'm like, "Yeah, I don't, but something's got to give. I got to mm. figure it out." And so the whole trajectory of like going to school, figuring it out, asking questions, crying, breaking down, yep. um, and and really feeling like I didn't have anybody else to to help me through the process was I think what gave me the strength to say, well, damn, if if no one's gonna help me, then I have to help myself find that support system, and I think that's kind of where your and our and my stories connect is in in the 
in the building of that support system so that if you feel like you are alone, then it's also our prerogative to say, well, who can I look out to? Yes. For me, it was the other undocumented students at UCLA that knew my circumstances, that understood what I was going through. And they said, yo, here, let me feed you. Yo, here, let, here's a couple hundred bucks for, for books. Or, mm-hmm. yo, here, I'll take the bus with you so that you don't go home alone. Like, it was all those all very those small things. All those little things that add up, yep. Yeah. And something that I that I think a lot about is I came in and I diminished my expectations. I wanted to come to LA without expectations mm-hmm. so that whatever came, came. Mm-hmm. And I was not disappointed nor overly excited over something that might, you know, be fleeting. Right. So I came in with no expectations about what the city would bring me, but with a lot of hope to and, and openness to possibility. Right. And that's also very crucial and essential to a leap of faith. Right. Right. You can't take a leap if you're expecting to land, you know, in where, soft where you water expect. Exactly. Or, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a leap, right? It's just whatever happens, happens. Right. right. Question for you. Oh. <laughs> Do you consider coming out as gay a leap of faith? Uh, wow. Okay. Um, I mean, to a certain extent, except that I've like, I, I feel, I, I don't know. Cause I feel like taking that leap means that I, I felt like I had other different choices and mm. I felt like for me being, being gay and coming out feels like this is truly mm. who I am. Yeah. And it was it was just in due time that I fully accepted and and loved and was curious and discovered all these pieces of me. Um, But but I think what was important in that trajectory was asking questions of myself. Mm. Does this feel safe? Do do I feel fully loved? Do I feel like I can fully love this other person? Um, The first sort of part of like my coming out, if you will, has been. Um, built with a lot of expectations from what other people are going to think, say, mm. feel about me. So once I put that aside, I was like, oh, it's really just me. It, it really we were is talking just, about projections last night. Right. Mm-hmm. It really is just me understanding what it is that I want and what I don't know. Um, so if you consider it a, a leap of faith, it, it's more like, I see, I see a river. I don't know why a river, but a river comes up. It's more like a swim in, in a kind of river that is taking me um, through a landscape, mm-hmm. seeing all the amazing possibilities, and yet knowing that I'm not going to drown. Mm, okay. That I have everything necessary to keep me afloat, to survive, and still enjoy. And, you know, there could be some treacherous terrain. Like yes. There could be some like, oh, shit, my mama's going to be crazy. She's not going to like it. But... You know, the rest is just, it's a swim. That's beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful. Look, with L.A., one of the things that created loose accents was this idea that you and I met in L.A. Um, I didn't grow up in L.A. Parts of my, my, my growing into my adulthood happened in L.A. while I was at UCLA, while I was living in Boyle Heights, while I was living in Alhambra, like all of these different places. So... The idea that you and I met at the time that we met in downtown L.A. holds a kind of special memory for me because it says in this geographic location, these two migrant kids met and somehow they're going to create something together. So the question arises, 
is L.A. home? I've been thinking a lot about this, actually. Um, Mostly because David texted me. I still haven't replied. (laughs) I feel like I'm still digesting. Where Where he said, Ernesto and I will be supportive or something along those lines if you decide to go back. Mm-hmm. We we I we mm-hmm. know we have you for a season and we're just we just want to enjoy you, enjoy your presence while you're here. Um and I've been thinking about that since. And I think what I have to say is that when I think of home, um I don't know, it's weird because a few months back when someone would say when I would say home I meant I, I would say back home and back home meant the Bronx. Huh right um and now when i think home i think my apartment in in south central Mm. i think the bronx and new york will always be my foundation but i think in la i have found the person that i want to be and continue to be and this is someone who is fearless and, and, and daring and, and courageous and open to the world and, and adventure. Um, and she was there in New York, but in New York, she lived in a little bubble of, of community and, and, and family here. She's creating that for herself, right? right? So L.A. is where I want to build a family and where I want to raise my babies wow. someday. But. Yes, that was Future. way down the line, right? <laughs> um, but the Bronx and New York will always be my foundation, hmm. right? There will always be the grains of sand that made me into me. Right. Right. Yo, I have a troubled relationship with L.A. Really? Yeah, I really? have a troubled relationship with L.A. because my... My coming into into Long Beach, which is a place that I mm-hmm. migrated to, has just so uh, so many memories, so many incredible like moments of of joy and resilience and um, trauma too. But for the most part, it's it's the place where I feel like, yo, like there's a little there's a little part of me mm-hmm. there. But interestingly enough, it's been in times where I felt like I needed to get out, to escape, to find my uh, own recluse, yes. right? Like my own understanding of who I truly am, mm-hmm. where LA became my home. I see. So a couple of times, right, during college, I just, I, I felt this like, this thing pulling me to say, get out, like move. Mm. Even if it means taking three buses and three hours to get to campus, do it, get out, experience, stretch yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then that didn't work out so well, came back home to Long Beach and there was always somebody there to hold me, my mom, my fam. And then it happened again. It was like, get out, move, you have a job, you you can go. So it was, it was that time where I really stretched myself and I started forming a, a you know, a house, a, a little home with a couple of my roommates and, and a little a little home in Alhambra. And that brought me home super quick. It was like, couldn't pay my rent, was a mess, was drinking too much, was mm. just, you know, doing all the shit that I shouldn't have been doing. Um, and And then came back home. And then it was this transformational moment 
where I felt like I really need to find myself, go back to school, finish the shit that I had started. Mm -hmm. And that's when I returned back to school in 2015. You've, you've had a lot of changes yeah. in the past, like in the past year, really, right? You you left Long Beach and now you live in Boyle Heights. I do. Um, do you do you call Boyle Heights home now? Do you feel at home there? You, you know, in the ho what is it? What is it that you call it? The Casita Casita Hotex. Yes. Yeah. So Casita Hotex is form. It's building a really nice nook, a really nice corner in my heart. Mm. Uh, and it's funny because. Part of the reason why I'm even in Boyle Heights was because my family decided that they were going to leave Long Beach really to follow this the trajectory of a lot of migrants, a lot of Latino and black folks who are making their way out into the valley to, to find housing, to find schooling, to find jobs. And so they followed that, that migration. Um, and so now my entire family, brothers, sisters, nieces, nephews, are in Moreno Valley. And I'm the only one that's that stayed. <laughs> and my mom's, you know, so naively and I guess with care said, why don't you just stay with us? Like, you don't have to pay rent, <laughs> but you would have to drive to work every day. And I was like, mom, no, mm. like I would much rather work hard, be out here struggling to to pay this rent, but to be in a place that is close to, to work, close to my friends, close to my lover, to my partner. Um, and where I can still feel like I'm stretching myself. So LA is, you know, Bull Heights now. It's only been a few months, but it's mm -hmm. it's nice. It's a nice little room. I've never had my own room to myself like that. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. I've never had like beautiful curtains like the ones that I have now. And yeah, it's it's growing on me. Okay. It's I I don't I feel like it's it's also transitionary in my life, but it's. It has a really strong sense of this is going to be my place for for a while. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. Uh, I'm such an emotional guy, yo. Like I'm about to cry. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to cry. Always, because that's what you met me as this emo kid. <laughs> you know, I actually didn't didn't think you were that emotional yeah. until when? Maybe until the APLA gala to it, uh, mm -hmm. uh, gala. I keep saying gala. Baby gala, gala, potato, potato. Um, yeah. Until I, I I saw like all the feelings in the room when I performed that poem. You know what's funny? You've said the same thing about when I did uh, my storytelling piece yes, uh, at the yeah. at UCLA. Yeah, you didn't cry. No, I didn't cry, no. but I, it was a lot of emotion yeah. that came out, yeah. right? I mean, I was crying my ass off when I, when I, when I heard you perform. I didn't hear the life. So I think what's really happening, what's interesting is you, you're finding yourself in a, in a, in a settlement. You're settling in. Uh, I, I like to call this sedimenting. Sedimenting is like you're putting these layers of mm -hmm. sediment and rock here in, in, in South L.A. And, you know, I find myself still in a transition. Like I just moved to Bull Heights and all mm -hmm. that stuff. Um, and then also, we have found that our friendships and a lot of things have been moving around our lives, right? Yes, like things are things come to us yeah. now. Like before, I feel like we definitely had to kind of like reach out a little bit, uh -huh. you know, grab onto things, and you know, we Hello. saw them. In, we saw them in the distance, and we walked towards it. I feel like now things are coming our way. Yeah. And what I love is that they're coming to us individually 
and also as a team, as a right. collective, as a partnership. Right. Like my fave is like when people reach out to us as like a group. <laughs> oh. They're like, oh my god, lose accents. I heard your podcast. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god. People yeah. are like listening. Like this is a thing. Yeah. Um, and I I love that because like there are a lot of partnerships out there, um, but I truly believe in ours because there's mm-hmm. genuine friendship here. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and and because I feel like I don't know. At least for me, I I want to model what it means like to to be in a creative partnership and a friendship and a place that we could you know be be together so more on that still to come so i want to just acknowledge um one quick thing two of our really amazing uh, cool friends uh seb and vanessa have Uh, moved yes so seb and vanessa yeah um seb So Vanessa, actually, I have to like shout out the homegirl because when I was homesick one night, I was so bad. Like I was, I was telling her like I'm just having a really hard time. She's like, reach out to me anytime. And then one night, I actually did. Like my pride set aside. I'm like, I'm having a very, very hard time. And she's, I'm gonna take you somewhere. She wouldn't tell me where. She just drove, drove for like 30, 35 minutes. Mm. Um. And we ended up in the valley somewhere. And she's like, I want to bring you someplace. And she brought me to, I'm I'm getting, <laughs> oh, hold up, y'all, I'm about to cry. Ooh. So I remember she brought me to a Puerto Rican restaurant. And it was because she knew I was homesick. Mm. And just to have, like, that piece of home in a plate. It was like the, 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 the restaurant was kind of like modeled after like Caribbean like vibes. Um, and we just sat there and spoke. Mm. And that's when I realized I'm like, shit, like this is a friendship. Like yeah. I have been fortunate enough to have people come into my life and care about me in this way. And now Vanessa, the same Vanessa, moved to New York. Yeah. To the Bronx. (laughs) To the Bronx. Like, two stops away from me. Like, she can go and visit my mom whenever she wants. Um, She can walk to my house. Um, And she's doing amazing things. And then I see her freaking hang out with my friends from New York. I'm done. Talking about all the two Vanessas together taking selfies. Vanessa's my best friend since, like, high school. Yeah. Vanessa, New York. And then Vanessa, LA, (laughs) finding each other. Um, and just doing amazing things and following their purpose. Yeah. And then Seb sent me a picture of the market over there in Boston, which is like an entire section of like Dominican produce, 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 yeah. produce, produce, Lord, Lord. It's I'm okay. still learning English. Um, <laughs> and just seeing them follow their purpose, even if we're apart, it's like, this is good. This is it. It's not, you know, the nostalgia is there. Right. But this friendship is meant for us. It's meant to survive distance. Right. You know, and then a huge shout out to our beautiful, amazing sister, brother, uh, Sebastian. You know, they're doing an incredible leap of faith at this moment. They are in that moment. Transitioning. Like landing. Yeah, landing in, in, in Boston. Right about to embark on a brand new journey of, of being a professor. And to all your future students, Seb, they are lucky yeah. to have you. Um, and we just had a, a beautiful going away party for, for um, 
for him at our house and all like you know their closest friends came and you know we're just celebrating and being in joy uh and just sending them with 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 good thoughts yes. and and prayers and nothing but gratitude mm-hmm. to send over his way so congratulations again seb for 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 getting that position at emerson and you're gonna do an amazing job we miss you um but we can't wait to to hear all about your incredible adventures and what you are going to form and i know that there's a community waiting there for you much like there was a community waiting here for Dangeli. Oh, yes. And shout out to Vanessa. Congrats. She's starting her PhD program at Fordham University. Um, a school that I actually applied to and <laughs> got in and then quit. <laughs> um, and then came to LA. So it's funny how like yeah. our, our paths cross. But like we found each other and now we've formed beautiful friendships. Uh. So many feelings in this room tonight. Look, and we're going to continue because we are so excited, y'all. We not only have D'Angeli and I have a whole year of friendship celebrating, but we also have four months, a little over four months of of this podcast. Can you yes. believe that? It's been four months since April 1st. April Fool's Day was when we launched our first episode. Yep. <laughs> Can you, do you remember that day? The, and that was when we were go- we were basically like chismoseando uh, because of the Jubilee segment. Yes. Oh, my God. Jasmina. Who remembers Jasmina and her, and her U.S. flag toes? Her toes. Jesus. Oh Jasmina and her toes. So we, I, I want to do a quick recap, right? So far, this is our ninth episode. Yes. So there's been eight episodes in the past that we have done in this season. So let's do a quick little recap. We've had... Um, Talking shit about Jasmina, the Girl Jubilee bye. Media segment. She needs to go. We have Coachella, right? Coachella. That was Coach- oh, Lord. Coachella. Still more to come. Episode three. So, so yo. Well, we asked each other questions. Uh, that I was love very that heartfelt, one. too. That, and there's going to come back. Yeah. That one has to come back. And then four. Episode four. Our mamas. Yes. The Mother's Day. Uh, our mamacitas. Yes. And then Queer Love. Queer Love, episode with five. With Joe and Amy. Uh, uh, one oh, of my The homegirls, yeah. The homegirls. There was so much love in the room, too. I know. So much creative energy here. And then, like, Yossi, right? Yossi, girl, look. Get it, girl. For real. Get working. It. Congrats. She's out here working. Congratulations. An applause is due because the girl is out here working. Got this amazing grant. Yeah. Get your money. Secure the coin. Make sure you get that DACA renewed, though, girl. And you know what? She was talking about, oh, on my way to steal your jobs. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Do it. Lord. I need to see you in more stages. And then after Yossi. Uh, episode seven, which was our uh. amazing interview. Can we talk? I really, truly love sitting down and speaking about blackness. Lola. That was like a highlight for me. Lola. How amazing, incredible, brilliant of a playwright she is. More on that because we're going to go deeper onto that episode. And then our most current with our incredible Alexis. Alexis. Tu prima. Alexis de la Rocha. We primita. We love that. And you know what? That one one was filled with so much joy. It was literally just like laughing, smiling. And thank you, Alexis, for coming to our show and for inviting us to La Leaf, which was an incredible Mm -hmm. success. So beautiful. And it's just so so many good vibes, too. Yeah. And I got to see um, Homegirl... 
She's Dominican. I forgot her name now. Lord. <laughs> What's homegirl? That's all you need to know. It's homegirl. She's she Dominican. That's it. That's it. Um, And like, that was really dope too. I got to speak to her mom. Um, what is it? Ja, ja, oh, Jarina ja, de Marco. Yeah, Jarina yeah, of course. Yeah, I don't know course. why I forgot her name. Jarina de Marco. Yeah. Yeah, and I, 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 I got to speak to her mom, and her mom like uh, really, yeah. she is so supportive, Amazing. And so beautiful, and uh, it was, it was just good vibes all around. Right. So, those were our episodes. I need to tell you something. What happened to Coachella Bay? Yeah, I feel like we mentioned that, and then yes. we never went back to it. So this is a public announcement that I did slide <laughs> into Coachella Bay's DMs. I mean, we followed each other on Instagram, uh-huh. and then the man will be like liking my photos and stuff like that. So I unapologetically slid in the DM, and I was like, "Hey, like when you're I'm th- here, I said when you're done liking my photos, let me know if you want to ask." I think I said, "Yeah, I said when you're done liking my photos, um, feel free to ask me out on a date so I can say yes." And then he was like, well, actually, hey, baby, I'm seeing someone. She's uh, around the corner, you know, Um, but if I wasn't, I'll definitely take you up on that. And I was like, you know what, (laughs) sir, it's okay. He was like, oh, and I would love to connect with you like creatively (sighs) because I really love your writing. And to be honest, I was open to it. I was like, you know what? I'm like, it's okay. Um, and I was like, sure, like, I really love, he's a, he's an artist. Uh, an amazing a very artist. very talented. Like a fine like, artist, like painting. Like, not just like, like, he's not like, like, he's amazing. Yes. So I'm like, definitely, like, I really love your art. And I think I've posted his art a few times. Yes, an actor. Um, and and I, I, I knew he was genuine because he did end up connecting me with a writer friend. Yeah. Because he wanted us Ugh. to, like, you know, form a friendship. And I really appreciate that when someone is genuine in that way. So we're still following each other on Instagram. I follow him, too. <laughs> you did. You yeah, are of course, so annoying. Because, no, I, I need cannot. to tell you. Because that story for me, like, ooh, it, like, created all kinds of vibes. It was like, they met at Coachella. And they twerked together and they I'm danced. Done. And then <laughs> they created a whole friendship. And then it's like this amazing confluence energies of like two dope ass artists. And I'm, then it didn't happen. So listen, you owe me a story. I really appreciate I really appreciate <laughs> his friendship. Like I he's just dope. He's like a cool ass person. Yeah. And you know what? He's doing an amazing yeah, work. Yeah, he's doing amazing. We're not gonna say, you know, their name because listen, we're not. But we don't we're not trying to expose him. No, we're not trying to and you know what funny thing is I have coworkers that asked me, yo, whatever happened to Coachella Bay? And I was like, you know what? <laughs> like, why is Coachella Bay an additional character in this play? Like, For hold real, on. Though. You know what's crazy though? So even the Coachella Bay didn't work. Like, I actually did start dating someone shortly after. <laughs> so I feel like it just wasn't meant to be. Because now right. I be posting the current Bay, and then he be posting his Bay, and I, I feel like we're just in two completely happy places in our good. lives. So we're good. You know what? Your Bay, I love. Aww, Bay is a good one. He, 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 yeah, he is so talented too. I need, I need his dance moves. He can. I, I need you to hear him sing. I no. I, I Have you heard, heard him? I've heard a, like the other day he just did a little short little bit and oh, I was like, excuse he me. He can sing, sing like, yeah. Uh, so someday, someday y'all get to see him. Maybe we'll collaborate. We love you. Okay, 
two little things. Yo, mama, what's up? Where's she at? She's still being petty. Senora, please. She's still to the day. So my mom is about to get married, y'all, to my stepdad after oh. like 20 years. <laughs> and, <laughs> and all I do, all we do is crack jokes. Like me and my stepdad like hang up on her and we're like, yo, at last. Look at her. She finally got her ring. She know how to act. Right. And she's out here being petty. My stepdad is fed up with her. He already said, like, do whatever you want with the wedding. I'm just going to show up and say yes because I'm not going to do all this planning. I'm tired. Yeah, let's come He's on. He's tired. Right. So tired. my mom is as petty as, um, I don't know, as just being herself. Right. Stalking me here and there. Having people stalk me when because I blocked her on Instagram. So it sounds like there's going to be a wedding like later in October, like, like November. November. Okay, yeah. Novemberish. So she's happy, and I'm so happy for her. Like my mom has been a single mom most of her life, and it's just time for her to settle down with love and and be happy with Angelie's mom. Get your blessings for real, baby. though. Get your blessings. I recall that thank you next line where she's like, um, Ariana Grande's like, <laughs> what is it? Walking down the aisle with my mama, mm-hmm. and she survived the drama, something like that. Right. Proud of her. Go ahead, mama. Proud of her. We love you. Um, hopefully, we get to be invited to the wedding. If not, I know I will see it through D'Angeli's live. So, you know what? I'm there. My mama is petty to the max. That's right. We were okay. talking about <laughs> Like, what is wrong with her? Literally, she calls me up, and she's like, Ernesto, ya llévame para mi casa. And I was like, well, where are you? She left Moreno Valley to come to Compton to hang out with her friend. I cannot. (laughs) And I was like, wait. So I called my brothers and sisters and I said, where is mom? How come she's not picking up my phone calls? How come you don't know where she is? And she's like, well, she said she was going to go to L.A. somewhere. And I was like, somewhere? Like, so we just have a missing mom somewhere? So I finally Living her life. I finally reach her, and she's like, hola, mijo, ¿cómo estás? Oh, aquí estoy con mi amiga. She was out here with her friend, chilling, hanging out in Compton. What kids? What kids? And, and I was like, oh, so now you want to go back? She was like, yeah, I want to go back home, like, just for a little bit. Maybe I'll come back to, to Compton. She wants to come back to Long Beach. And I said, you know what, Mom? Oh, my God. If that is the plan that you want, is that's what's going to make you feel better, let's do it. Let's figure out a plan. We'll, we'll get you, you know, a little apartment. A little casa, Aww. a little room somewhere, but we're getting we're, we're in transition, y'all, with my mom. She's petty as always. She's out here making me drive from Compton to Moreno Valley because she wants to go back home. And I was like, okay, she good. I love her. She's she's going through that like you know that that crisis. She's cutting the umbilical cords, baby. I, I've been wanting her to do that. I've cut the umbilical cords 10 times with her. And she's <laughs> she just like, ay, mijo, quieres tamales? And I'm like, no, man. She retires it. <laughs> oh, I love her. She, she's incredible. I, you know, we all love our mamas. So it just, you know, it reminded me of our mamas. But um, shout out to Aww. our beautiful, beautiful moms. Baby, I need you to get this out. Just let it out. Just blurt it out. Just blurt it out. Okay, so, okay, let's start. Please. So, so I've literally been bugging Ernesto for the past, like, two months. I'm Mm -hmm. like, Ernesto, I got to get something out. Like, I don't feel comfortable. There's something that I said I just don't feel comfortable with. So, I really want to clear this up because I feel like I, I spoke from a place, obviously, of, like, I was being genuine in the episode with Yossi where I said, um, 
sometimes I can understand <clears throat> the anti-blackness and like uh, many of our communities, but I feel like I don't know, like it didn't sit well with me. Like I went home and I thought about it, mm-hmm. and it just didn't. And I think it's because I needed to clarify this. And after speaking to Lola, that conversation we had um, on the episode with Lola, we talk about it's not about excusing the anti-blackness, but right. rather understanding where it comes from and then moving forward from there, so that you can like. Um, you can know how to target it, how to have these conversations with folks, right? Right. So something that I thought about when I said, you know, like I, I understand why some folks are like, you know, they don't learn about racial politics because they're like busy surviving. I feel like I come from a very particular place because mostly where I, where I come from is like, I think about my clients who are, um, you know, who, who haven't, who have not had the, the, the education, right? Or have like a short education back in home country that are like mm-hmm. very institutionalized to like normalize anti-blackness, right? But also like I also wanted to clarify like it's not that I understand and that it's okay, but rather that sometimes we have to be kinder with folks, and I mean older folks who are um, who haven't had the same resources that we've had to unlearn and relearn mm-hmm. because I know that I had to learn blackness. Mm-hmm. I didn't enter the world and, and enter a household in which blackness was properly understood. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that I was black until I got to college. So for me, I always come from this place of like, let's teach blackness. And I opened talking to my friend Lorraine Avila, who's actually an Afro-Dominican writer, amazing ass storyteller. Um, I realized that like, it's not so much that um it's not so much that i want to excuse anti-black and rather that i that rather that i I speak from a very specific place right but i also have to recognize that many times um anti-blackness in our communities of color are not addressed properly yeah they're not called out and they're not called out right um and i think i saw that in 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 Recently, <laughs> I wanna like uh, baby, one event. say it, baby. Okay, you want me to say it, boo? Yes. Okay, so I felt very, very uncomfortable and distressed and just Loki pissed off. Yeah, because we were at at an event, right? We had a, a little get together, and I was there with with my partner, um, who is Jamaican, black as hell, Mimon, um, my man, and he. There was someone there who like approached him and was like mimicking the Jamaican accent mm-hmm. and basically overstepping boundaries by like trying to imitate Jamaican, you know, Jamaican accents and like patwa, right? To a point that it, it came off very disrespectful because like he was trying to stop it and he was trying to say like that's enough, but the other person wouldn't budge, mm-hmm. kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And it really pissed me off because like there's this like, fascination with with black culture with with um you know when a non-african-american black culture but it's not respect it's also it's also comes from like a place of like mockery right um, like a caricature exactly right. right like exactly just that and then also like trying to get him to like teach like reggae moves while he was like sitting down it's different when you're like you're all in a group and you're dancing and, and you're having like, hey, a good time and you're vibing yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're like showing someone, you know, yeah. about your culture. And then there's a difference when you're like sitting down and someone comes like, come, this is you. Like while reggae is playing, like, come, this is you. Stand up. Let's dance. Yeah. In a room. And to be honest, in a room full of non-black people. Exactly. I think that's what made me even more pissed off in a way that like, honestly, I wanted to like 
leave mm. take my partner out of there right and i obviously i understood that I, we weren't there for that you know i was there for a friend and that's who i showed up for but it really made me realize that like yo like non-black latinos really be on something here in la like mm -hmm. and it just didn't sit right with me to not call that out um even though we were having completely different conversation in the yossi episode but i feel like speaking to lola and speaking to other not just another dominican afro-dominican woman but an afro-dominican woman that had lived in the west coast it really brought me down to like back to me right which i had i think silenced a little bit to as a way to survive in la mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and this past month i think i spent a lot of time with myself making an intentional intentional decision to not let shit pass anymore. right and, and 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 i don't think that you should right and i don't think that none of us should and i feel like maybe i i allowed it here and there because i was surviving in la right. but also because i didn't have the emotional capacity because i was going through my own shit to be calling shit out all the time mm -hmm. or be the one teaching or you know be the you know be outspoken about it i i think at the time i was healing but in the past month i feel like i've come back to myself right and right. to my purpose of why I decided to put myself in spaces in which I needed people to see me. Right. Um, so, yeah. So that's what I needed to say. Well, I said what I said. I said. Reclaiming my time. What I said. Reclaiming I, my time. I, I want to say that, yeah, I, I thank you for being able to say it just the way that you said it because it just needs to be said. Like, if there's an elephant in the room, it's like, it's right there. What are we going to do about it? And let's address it. And I think that, that that notion of calling out and also being able to call in and say, wait a minute, brother. Like, this is this is not cool. This is how I feel because it's actually a direct attack currently right now at this it's moment happening. on me and my partner. And feel like we should be able to do that. And the, the thing that I can do is to support you is that whenever things like that are happening and conversations that need to be had, I will have your back. And it'll come from a place of, 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 of hearing first, of understanding, and then understanding like how you are feeling about those moments because I care about you, right? I care about my mm -hmm. friend. I care about this young, black afro-dominican woman experiencing la and if there are things that are hurtful to you i want to know we want to know and you know what you know how like i don't know if you if you deal with this but many times like when an attack comes to you it's easy to dismiss it because like i'm unbothered like i'm because you've dealt with that in the past i'm like, chilling like yeah. I'm, I'm unbothered right but for me it's like i i'm ready to like i'm ready to like go off or like just like stop it or or i don't know to speak out when it happens to someone i love exactly like i am more i'm quicker to react when it happens to someone i love than than when it happens to me right and low-key i am re regretful that i didn't that i didn't react differently right that i try to be like just try to like put a wall between them two as opposed to being like well hold up that's not okay right um, and I feel like that's something that I won't let happen again. Yeah, and I think there's also also a space to have said, and I don't know if this happened, but to you know to your partner to say, yo, how, how did you feel about that? What is a space for me yeah. to react 
And if you choose not to say anything, I, I get that that's your choice, but I just want to let you know that this is how I'm going to react. So that there's also a yeah. conversation, we, we right? We actually had a conversation yeah. about it um, shortly after. And I guess, I guess for him, it, it came from like, yes, like it was just uncomfortable. But I think for him, he was like, yeah, like I, I recognize he was like lit. So like I didn't really like mm. even bother. Like, yes, it was uncomfortable. And it was like I wanted him to like s- step away or like, you know, like chill. Um, but you know, he, he, he was more coming from a place of like, I don't know, kind of like I'm used to it, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm just, you know, I feel like next time it happens, I'm ready to call it out where it happens and I, ready to, you know, I'm ready up? for you to call it out, to hear it, to be back to be like, Baby. I, I got, like, I'm about to jump in for you. You know what I'm saying? You like, know what? This we, we fighting next time. What's up? Throw hands. <laughs> What's up? And I'm out there like, girl, you better watch out. Um, This really comes to a fruition because I, can I just say how incredible, how brilliant and amazing woke black folks is. Like that play. (sighs) That play, I think, brought me back to myself, but also like I was crying. Oh, my gosh. Because I just genuinely felt happy for Lola. Yes. Like. I stood there watching this beautiful black woman showcase her art, her talent, mm-hmm. her her genius mm-hmm. to an audience of people that looked like her, who supported her, who were like amazed by her talent and yeah. her wit and her, you know. And I cried because I felt happy. Yeah, I saw her shining bright. And I wanted that for so many other black women. In that moment when I was clapping, I'm like, I'm so happy this is happening to you. You made this happen. You deserve this. You deserve this. There was uh, after the play happened. um, And so shout out to the folks uh, that said hi to us at the play. Uh, Y'all were amazing. Uh, One thing. We have something to say about that. But the play itself was just Uh, so incredible. And then after the play happened, there was a panel. Yes. And one of the panelists said this. He said, I'm always like in awe of the brilliance of black people. Yes. Yes. And when he said that, I'm like, absolutely. Yep. Because he's like, we create culture, music, dance, visual, like art, expression, like and and that that has really been my experience of of, of working, for example, at you know, in South LA and seeing just the brilliance, the unequivocal brilliance of black folks, the the energetic force that just creates and survives and thrives and builds. And seeing Lola up there just was exactly that. It was a brilliant woman who wrote every single line, acted every single scene and did it in a humble way. Yes. Ugh. Like it was just incredible, and the and topic. And it was life changing. Yeah, no, too. it was incredible. Like, honestly, like I've seen many plays by mm-hmm. by other actors, by other poets, but this is a one woman show. Yeah. What a performance, Lola! Congratulations. We wish you nothing but the best. And look, if you're out here and you're trying to support someone, support the homegirl because she yeah. needs a bigger stage. She needs money to make this shit pop off. 
And, Amazing. And if there's anyone else that like, I, I can't think of anyone else that deserves the recognition yep. for their work than Lola. Like, wow. I was mind blown. Yeah. And it was so funny because David said this. He was like, you know, I listened to the episode of your interview and, and he was like, Lola, you, I, I, don't, I don't feel like you did the, the play justice. Yep. <laughs> yep. Right? Yes. It, he, standing he ovation. That. Like, Lola, get it, yep. mama. Get it, mama. So at the show, you know, that jelly, you were at the very front. And you were like, y'all coming or what? And so we show up. At the front. <laughs> in for, the front. And not just the front, like in the middle. So like if she would, if she were to like uh, look, it was us staring up at her. Right. And she did look at us so many times. Yes. Like, oh, my God. It was so funny. But as as we were sitting down, the show was about to start. And then two uh, two beautiful homegirls come up. And they come up to be in D'Angeli. They're like, oh, my God. Like, are you a document in D'Angeli from Loose Accents? And we were like, uh, yeah. Me. Uh, hi. Uh-oh. While hugging, doing something with my button or something. I right. Was, like, fixing my shirt or something. Right. Looking nervous. Not even... Not even standing up to say hello. Ugh. I want to say, I am so sorry <laughs> if you felt like awkward or if we or I made you feel like I didn't want you to say. Listen, my ass was like, just act right. Like just surprised yeah. Yeah. Like, that like people are listening, yeah. that people are coming up to us, that like. To the point that I'm like, oh my god, like this is a thing. Like, pe- like yeah. people listen to us. Yeah, honestly, that that's the same kind of feeling that, like, I'm very grateful, and in a way, it, yes. it's like it surprises me when it happens. Um, but we're gonna act better, yes. and we're gonna ensure that when that does happen, that we demonstrate to you all our gratitude and our love for being able to just follow our journey. That's a hot ass yes. mess, but just thank you so much for coming and saying hi. Uh, even, you know, you came all the way to the very front uh, to, to say hi. And so next time, we absolutely will do our best to to take 20 pictures. And, and also oof. to not act like we are deers Sorry. under headlights. Sorry. Is, that, is that the expression? I have really hard time for, like, American expressions. Like deer in headlights, that's that's the expression, right? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. We don't hunt. Anyway, so <laughs> so I want to also take this time to to say hello to all of our beautiful listeners, all of the homies, the homegirls, all the genders in between who have listened, have supported us, have sent us messages this last four yes. months of our of our podcast. That's like what keeps us going. Absolutely, seeing that people are connecting and yeah. people are listening, and just thank you. And also. To those homegirls who say, yo, when is the ex episode when is the next episode yes, coming? But, yes, that feels so good. Like because they're like, what's up? I'm like, you're waiting. And then like when they mention, like, oh, you went MIA for a while. We were waiting. I'm right. like, oh, so you noticed. Right. It was like, oh damn. And then also Vanessa from New York. Baby. Baby, get better headphones. <laughs> damn you. We fit. Listen, okay, so my best friend from New York, y'all, oh Vanessa, uh. she's always complaining that, like, she can't hear us in the train. Baby, get better headphones. Look, it's t- if you want to hear ASMR, get you some better headphones, baby girl. She's out here struggling in the train, talking about she can't hear and then to speak though. louder. We love I can't. her. That's you my best what? friend, y'all. We she, love her. She's our, she's our, um, she's usually the commentator. 
So thank you to all of our babies who have been supporting us this whole yeah. time, had continued to listen. And also, baby, uh-huh. the major baby supporting us. Hello. The big one. The big one. The stylist. The man. PR. Lover. <laughs> so y'all, we have a surprise for you in the next for the next episode. Yes, and it's gonna be our season closer. Yes. If you remember Coachella, Coachella. the person that styled us. us. If you remember um talking queer love. If you remember those beautiful pictures from our first F- photo shoot. Photo yeah. shoot. All of that has been David. David My man. Your man. My man. And he has been behind the scenes. He has been so supportive. The linguistic contribution. So <sighs> the, the I don't know if you've noticed, but we snap our tongue a lot. That's David. Yes. The baby. That's David. I know. We bow a lot. Uh, that's David. So many mannerisms and characteristics yep. come from from this man. And if, you know, it's a funny thing is that when people like, for example, at that Lola play. They were like, oh, my God, we're waiting for the episode when David yes, comes along. Yes, yes, <laughs> So at last, at last, next episode, David will come join us. We will make him talk. We'll make him break down the mannerisms, the phrases, uh-huh. the pettiness, uh-huh. the shade. And you'll get to know a beautiful, beautiful person. Yes. You know, you'll, you'll get to kind hopefully find out why it is real. that. Yeah, why it is that I'm so in love with him. Uh, and I can't why wait. I really can't wait. I, I can't. I, I'm so excited. So uh, episode 10 will be featuring our one and only David, who will be our season one closer. Yes. How exciting. Uh. <gasps> Baby. What's up? Listen. This is when I wake up in the morning and then all of a sudden I get a picture from you. Or a post saying, look what just came out, like today, an NPR feature about an incredible conversation that you had. Girl, I'm done. Honestly, I spent the morning crying today because this is very big for me. Elizabeth Acevedo is an Afro-Dominican poet and writer um, who just published two New York Times bestselling books. Um, She she, she, um, earned the first. She's the first person of color to... Um, get the Car- Carnishal Car- girl. Look, I still can't pronounce Carnegie, that word. Baby. Car- Carne- Carnegie, 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 girl. Car- <laughs> these these English names. <laughs> yes. So yes. So Yes. yes so the Carnishal Award. The award. Um, <laughs> and she's just been. She's the reason why I put my voice out there and the reason why I started performing because I stumbled across one of her poems online and I'm like, this is what I'm meant to be doing. Mm-hmm. And then the homegirl Amanda, when I saw her writing on Instagram, when I saw her performing her spoken word on camera, I'm like, this girl is bold. That's how bold I want to be. And because of them, I'm here. And then getting to sit down with them on NPR, on the <laughs> studio, me from LA, um, Elizabeth in, in DC, Amanda in New York, and just chatting about music and and Dominican culture was like, I don't know. It, it felt like the harvest to the dream I dared to dream. <sighs> I, I, I need to get out of the studio. I, I, I just can't. I spent the, I spent the morning crying, just crying joy, like yeah. shit, like I'm, I'm out here, you know? Yes. Um, and, and that's and, and that's literally what we were just talking about last night. Yeah. 
right? That we have to be honorable enough to ourselves for the for the work that we do mm-hmm. we were to receive these opportunities because not only do we command it, but we need to be there. Yes. You needed to be in the NPR special having this conversation. It was beautiful and I just want other Dominican girls to see that and see themselves in our story and say, I can do that too. That's yeah. all. That's what I write for. Like, that's who I write for and what I write for. Yeah. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. Babes. Continue out sharing your stories, more of your poetry. And I'm just so proud of you. And in the months to come. Oh, okay. Listen, listen, P- pass me that real quick. What? That. This? The, the, the bowl. Listen, y'all. In the <laughs> in the today months an to extra. come, right? Extra in the months to come. So we we are now four months into recording our yes. our podcast. So we are thinking that for our sixth month half anniversary, we're gonna have half anniversary. We're gonna have a special show for you. And a special secret. We're not going to tell you what it is just yet, but stay tuned because our half anniversary is going to be. And it's going to be lit. It's going to be lit. We're going to serve looks. We're going to serve drinks, et cetera, et cetera. We won't disclose more. That's it. That's all you get. But be out on the lookout for our our, our six-month half anniversary. We have an incredible special planned out just for you. And listen. A humble brag. Just a little humble brag. Like, we are here working, baby. So if you like our content, our voice, um, we are two amazing. You know what? I'm going to shout us out. We're two amazing, amazing individuals. Absolutely. Ernesto is a storyteller. Yes. I'm a poet. Keep going. We just did our first keynote at UCLA. Pop Your- off. We and have gone to galas. We are doing individual shows. We are booking gigs left and right. Like, listen. If you ever want to have us come to your campus, to your job, to your church, to your to your quinceañera, to your your baptism, listen, I am here for y'all. So please, if you ever wanted to come, you know, hear from us, send us an email at loseaccents at gmail.com and request and we'll we'll show up. What's goody? What's What's goody? So we're super excited. This is our ninth episode. This is a one-year wrap-up of all of the incredible, amazing things that we have been up to, baby girl. Stay tuned for our season finale with El David. Yes. La David. Uh, I'm so Both. excited for that one. You can always follow us on Instagram at Loose Accents, and I am on DocuBay. I am Dangeli, and you can follow me at Afro-Dominican Next Things. Thank you so much for listening, and because this is our one year of our friendship, Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday. (laughs) I'm hitting you. Okay, what about this one? Happy birthday to us. Happy Happy birthday. birthday. Thank you for listening to Loose Accents.